This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the health department reports 76 additional fatalities and more than 10,000 new cases of COVID-19. A report from the White House Coronavirus Task Force says Florida is in the red and the state should be taking a series of steps to mitigate the danger. The governor says that is not going to happen. He won't even release those reports. Can someone explain to me how it is that a guy with a law degree from Harvard doesn't understand the public records law? The governor travels to the villages to watch healthcare workers and seniors get their COVID vaccinations. We've got to put our parents and grandparents first, and that's what we're going to be doing. And we're going to work like hell to be able to get all the vaccine out to elderly uh, who want it. But Ron DeSantis also warned seniors they could still have to wait a while for their vaccine. What I would say to the, to the elderly population, uh, it's going to be reserved for you, but not everyone's going to be able to do it on day one. It's going to take some time. Over the next six weeks, eight weeks, we should be able to make huge progress. Um, it's exciting. Got a lot of work to do, but I think that there's a, a, a good strong light at the end of the tunnel. But the rest of us will probably have to wait until the spring, so doctors are advising you not to let your guard down. The Justice Department issues a blistering report on inmate abuse at Lowell Correctional Institution in Ocala. The 36-page report says guards have repeatedly raped, sodomized, beaten, and choked female inmates as part of a pattern of rampant civil rights abuses that have been going on for years. Something different today on Sunrise In Depth, a virtual Christmas card for Florida's healthcare workers. Healthcare workers have been asked to take on what's probably the most challenging task we've faced in our nation's history to fight back the COVID-19 virus. Uh, you have been on the front lines of this crisis, providing our strongest defense against further loss of life and continued spread of the virus. The card comes from Congressman Charlie Crist and many of his fellow residents of Pinellas County. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and the story of a Florida man who canceled his newspaper subscription because of something else the delivery man dropped in his yard. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Wednesday, December 23rd. It was on this date in 1947 that Bell Labs demonstrated the world's first transistor radio. Bell had just created the first transistor a few months earlier. This is National Pfeffernus Day, honoring the fluffy German cookies made with ground nuts and spices and covered in powdered sugar. It's National Roots Day, encouraging families to explore their history, heritage, and ancestry. And it is Festivus. Seinfeld's festival for the rest of us was a response to the commercialization of Christmas. 76 new fatalities and more than 10,000 new cases of COVID-19. That's the latest casualty count from the state health department, and it's the 14th day in a row that more than 8,000 new cases have been added. The total number of infections in Florida is almost one and a quarter million. The number of fatalities, more than 21,000. Ron DeSantis held another media event Tuesday at the Villages, where he had absolutely nothing to say about the daily casualty figures. He was there to spin the old light at the end of the tunnel story for seniors, saying they are first in line once frontline healthcare workers have been vaccinated. We will have uh, some community vaccination sites available for older individuals, as well as working in conjunction uh, with our hospital systems to be able to deliver as many vaccines as possible to those who want the vaccines particularly in the elderly demographic. And I want to make one point very clear. There was discussions amongst the CDC's advisory committee about vaccinations over the weekend that actually had a proposal to place, uh, quote, younger essential workers ahead of elderly individuals. Now, that was uh, met with, deserve it, a lot of backlash. They had to uh, revise that. And they've now recommended 
that the next round of vaccine be reserved for both essential workers and those who are 75 and up. I just understand what that would mean. Uh, if you're a 22-year-old working in a food services, say at a supermarket, you would have preference over a 74-year-old grandmother. Uh, I don't think that that is the direction that we want to go. So those recommendations, should the CDC adopt them, are advisory. Uh, they do not bind states and they do not bind individual governors and they will not bind the state of Florida. So let me just be very, very clear. Our vaccines are going to be targeted for our elderly population. Vaccinations began last week in nursing homes and long-term care as the governor sent strike teams to more than 100 facilities in Broward and Pinellas counties to try to speed up the process. Last week, the state of Florida received 179,400 doses of the Pfizer vaccine, which was used for both those high-contact high healthcare workers, the staff and residents of our long-term care facilities. Uh, five hospitals got the initial shipment, and they have been giving a vaccine for their employees. They've been working with neighboring hospitals to vaccinate those nurses and doctors. Uh, but we also earmarked uh, about 60,000 doses for CVS and Walgreens, who have been contracted with HHS to provide vaccinations to staff and residents of long-term care facilities. At the same time, we wanted an aggressive schedule, and when it was clear that those companies may not be uh, ready to go on day one, I directed the Department of Emergency Management to partner with Florida's Department of Health to deploy EMS strike teams to administer the vaccine to residents and staff of long-term care facilities. And we focused on two counties uh, uh, initially, Pinellas and Broward, simply because there's a high concentration of these facilities and they have an, an elderly demographic. Uh, Florida, because of, of our initiative, we were the first state in the nation uh, to begin vaccinating residents of long-term care facilities. And, and that mission continues. I said uh, when we were at, down in South Florida that our goal was to complete more than 100 facilities in the next six days. I'm proud to say that that has been done. There have been uh, those uh, over 100 targeted facilities in Broward and Pinellas uh, have been completed. Uh, and CVS and Walgreens are now actively vaccinating as well. And I will, I'm optimistic that they will continue to get to these facilities in short order. But our strike teams are there and, and we're going to continue uh, to help uh, further the mission uh, whenever we can. This week, we received an additional 127,000 doses of the Pfizer vaccine. And by the end of today, we should have 367,000 doses of the Moderna vaccine. Now, the Moderna vaccine is being distributed much more widely than those initial Pfizer doses, which were limited by HHS to just five hospitals. So we now have an additional 173 hospitals that will span the entire state of Florida. But if you're not a senior, you may have to wait until the spring for a vaccination, which is not exactly welcome news for teachers who've been forced back into crowded classrooms. Given the governor's insistence on full reopening of schools, you might think he would put teachers on the priority list for shots, but you would be wrong. Unless they're old, DeSantis says teachers will have to wait like everyone else. Once we uh, offer it to elderly, and particularly if we get a Johnson & Johnson approval, which is one dose, I think you're going to be able to offer it broadly. And I think some of the key areas, whether it's law enforcement, fire, whether it's teachers, I think that they will have access. Obviously, any teacher that is elderly would, would be included in the overall elderly uh, population. But uh, we uh, want to make sure that, that we're given the access to, to the elderly first. 
um, and that's just a basic matter of the of the data and how the, uh, the the disease has affected different age groups. While the governor talks about a light at the end of the tunnel, he's doing his best to keep us in the dark about the severity of the pandemic. The coronavirus task force at the White House says our entire state is in the red zone and the state should be doing more to protect us. Instead of following that advice, DeSantis is refusing to release the weekly reports because they don't fit his narrative. And the Orlando Sentinel is now suing to force the governor to obey Florida's public records law. People outside the state are taking note of what's happening here. While some praise the governor's insistence on reopening the state for business, others question his honesty and accuse DeSantis of putting politics before public health. A columnist in the Washington Post put it this way. The governor has consistently played down the risks of COVID-19, ignored credentialed scientists, sided with herd immunity advocates, withheld information about hospitalizations and cases in nursing homes and schools, and cherry-picked numbers. In a state with a strong open records law, DeSantis smothers transparency. Well, the governor didn't say anything about that report during his press event at the Villages, but his office in Tallahassee released what it called a list of his major accomplishments in 2020. And when it comes to COVID, the governor is giving himself a great big pat on the back. I'm quoting here. Since the beginning of the public health emergency in Florida, Governor DeSantis has taken swift and decisive action to protect our state's most vulnerable populations, including those over the age of 65, residents of long-term care facilities, and individuals with underlying health conditions. The governor's early actions during the public health emergency saved thousands of lives and have inspired similar policies in other states and at the federal level. But the most memorable part of that self-aggrandizing report is the claim that, quote, 2020 was yet another successful year for our state. Tell that to the families and friends of the 21,000 people who died of COVID-19 under his watch. There are plenty of Floridians who don't mind to the DeSantis version of reality. They're snapping up face masks on Etsy that say, my governor is an idiot. And on Twitter and Reddit, the governor has been dubbed DeSantis and Death Santis. The Justice Department issues a blistering report on inmate abuse at Lowell Correctional Institution in Ocala, one of the largest women's prisons in the country. The 36-page report says guards have repeatedly raped, sodomized, beaten, and choked female inmates as part of a pattern of rampant civil rights abuses that have been going on for years. Federal investigators were so shocked by conditions at Lowell that the Justice Department ordered the Florida Department of Corrections to reorganize the staff immediately, install more video surveillance cameras, and adopt a series of changes to protect prisoners from sexual abuse by the staff. The DOJ report comes five years after the Miami Herald published a series of stories called Beyond Punishment that included interviews with more than three dozen former and current inmates at Lowell who described how they could be thrown into solitary confinement or have family visitation revoked unless they had sex with the corrections officers. Next up on Sunrise, a virtual Christmas card for healthcare workers, courtesy of Congressman Charlie Crist. But first, a word from our sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we're much obliged. If you live along the I-4 corridor, learn to use your business experience to impact public policy. Apply by January 8th to the Central Florida Political Leadership Institute at cflpli.org. The Orlando Economic Partnership offers this free, nonpartisan program for business-minded leaders to explore whether elected or appointed office is right for them, discover political strategies to succeed and lead, and join a network of influencers. Apply by January 8th at cflpli.org. Welcome back to Sunrise. With Christmas just a couple of days away, the CDC is urging Americans not to travel during the holiday. COVID cases began spiking after Thanksgiving. The fear is that Christmas could be even worse. The pandemic has changed the way we do just about everything this year, and that includes holiday greetings. Congressman Charlie Crist decided to send a virtual card to Florida's health care workers to thank them for everything they've done this year. 
As you all know, over the past year, our nation's healthcare workers have been asked to take on what is probably the most challenging task we faced in our nation's history to fight back the COVID-19 virus. Uh, you have been on the front lines of this crisis, providing our strongest defense against further loss of life and continued spread of the virus. And just like you, a soldier in the field, you've been working tirelessly to protect our fellow Americans at home. This holiday season, you have sacrificed holiday celebrations, time with family, and in some cases, your health and safety to save the lives of our friends and neighbors. And let me say this, it's been a tremendous difference in the lives of people you've treated and their families and their friends. For those spending their holidays in the hospital or a medical facility, you are their family and you live in their hearts forever. And uh, I hope that each and every one of you have a very Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah and a Happy New Year. And uh, thank you all for everything that you do, healthcare workers, uh, doctors, nurses, CNAs, janitors, everyone who's participating in this and uh, giving us the opportunity and the hope uh, to have a better and brighter future, a better 2021. Uh, and the distribution of this amazing vaccine in record time is just a miracle. So thank all of you. Thank God. And uh, God bless each and every one of you. The congressman was joined by Dr. Amin Elliman, the chief of staff at Bay Pines VA Hospital in Pinellas County. Uh, the good news that we uh, here in Bay Pines, uh, the healthcare system, we just received the vaccines today. So I'm glad to say that we received the Pfizer vaccine here in, in our CW Young uh, facility, but also down in Cape Coral. Uh, we see, received the other uh, Moderna vaccine. Now, my message to all who are online, please, please do not uh, discredit the vaccine. Do not try to not to take it. Please give it a chance by talking to your healthcare providers who can give you information. So we hope and pray that this will be a road for recovery for all of us. And again, we pray that we all be safe in this season. Again, thank you all for your hard work, your, your dedication and contribution to the health of all of us. Dr. Larry Feynman at HCA West in Pinellas County says one of the best ways to thank healthcare workers is to get vaccinated when you get the chance. Right now, unfortunately, we are on an upward curve with COVID-19. The, the cases are rising right now, probably due to the Thanksgiving holiday and truthfully will probably rise a little bit more due to our Christmas and New Year's holidays. Um, despite the presence of the vaccine, which is a godsend, uh, it will still take time for us to achieve immunity in the community. So I beg you, don't let your guard down. Please respect each other. Please wear your masks when you're in public, socially distance, and by all means, get that vaccine when it becomes available to you. I'm not on the front lines any longer. I'm, I'm now administrative, so I have not gotten the vaccine yet. But I assure you, when I get the text message that says it's my turn, I will fight my way to the front of the line that day. And then finally, for the healthcare workers, I want to extend a big thank you. Our system, the one that I'm in is HCA, which has four hospitals in the community. But I want the community to know that we are working with our competitor systems. Uh, we're not competitors in this. We're, we're co-combatants. So I thank the healthcare community. Um, we're just thrilled. We've opened our first mass vaccination for our healthcare workers. It opened this morning, and we anticipate over the next day to have about 700 of our frontline co-workers vaccinated. So um, I just want to thank those who have taken them, themselves away from their families during this holiday season to take care of the people who are ill. 
Today's calendar of events is a short one. The only thing on my list is a meeting of the State Reemployment Assistance Appeals Commission, that's at 930, in Tallahassee. Finally today, a Florida man cancels his subscription to the New York Times because the delivery man used his bushes as a bathroom. Terry Williams of DeLand gets the weekend edition of the newspaper delivered to his home, but he says the guy who dropped it Saturday at 4 a.m. also dropped a deuce in his yard and didn't bother to clean it up. Williams called the Times to complain about the poop, couldn't get through, so he filed a report with the Volusia County Sheriff's Department and canceled his subscription to the newspaper. That's it for today's installment of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics. It will be our last episode this year. We'll see you then.